Well, you might not be thinking about motherhood right now. I know a lot of you guys are really just praying to go on a date. I totally feel you. But if you would like to be a mother someday, it's really helpful to build realistic expectations of what motherhood is like while you're single. And who better to give you a sneak peek into motherhood than our newest mom, our friend and co-host, Adrienne. Welcome to the Loving Your Husband Before You Even Have One podcast. My name is Kim, and I'm here in the studio today with Adrian and Leah, and we talk about things that you can do while you're single that can have a huge impact on a future marriage and family. Adrian, thank you for joining us during your maternity leave, and thank you, little Calvin. You want to introduce him? Yes, Calvin's right down here. He's passed out. Maybe he'll open his eyes up here in a second, and we can get a little selfie with him. But we are doing great. Um, I think I thought I wouldn't be sleeping a whole lot, which still not sleeping a whole lot, but I'm sleeping more than I thought I would. And so <laughs> I'm really grateful I had those realistic expectations that the first couple of weeks would be definitely challenging. Oh, that's awesome. Well, it's so fun to have you here. We've missed you. and uh, But we are so excited about Calvin and just this new chapter that you're in. Gosh, I am excited too, because I don't know, I know you guys know this about me, but I don't know how much of our listeners, but I like really wasn't much of a baby person. You know, like there's definitely those people that love kids, love babies. Like they see one, they're like, oh my gosh, can I hold him or her? You know, and they just kind of ooh and ah. And I just never was really like that. And so I always kind of wondered, like, did God make me like wrong? You know, like I'm a woman, you know, I would like to be a mother one day, but I was never like, it never consumed like my thoughts, especially in my single years. I think in my single years, we were joking about this before, but it's like, I was just focused on going on a date. And then like, you know, once you go on a date, it's like, all right, like, let's talk about engagement. Like that's the next thing on the horizon and then marriage. And so like the idea of being a mother seemed so far off that it truly was not, I was not thinking about it when I was single, really. I feel the same way, Adrian. I don't think that motherhood was ever really something I was super excited about, probably because I just didn't like feel like I really connected with kids until my sister had kids and I got to be around her kids. That like helped a lot. But I feel like motherhood is always something I've been a little bit nervous about because I just didn't know if I would like connect connect with kids or enjoy it. And so I'm just excited to hear all of your thoughts now since yeah. having Calvin. Yes. I, I can't relate. I mean, I went, since I was a little girl, I've been practicing to be a mom. And so <laughs> the, the single years are really hard for me because I just wanted so much to be a mom and would ball my eyes out on Mother's Day and different events, you know, where I just thought, God, why are no, you not letting me be a mom? And so I think we're going to have a great discussion. Oh, yeah, because I'm sure there's listeners in every camp and I'm sure yes. in camps in between there that we aren't even thinking of right now. And so I think that is going to be really beneficial just to kind of hear all of our thoughts across the board on motherhood. Well, Adrian, I mean, what has it been like? Well, I will say it has been nine months leading up to this moment, and I'm really grateful that God gives women nine months to prepare for having a child because mm. it you need you need all nine months 
<laughs> and so definitely have experienced all the emotions in pregnancy and motherhood. You know, there's obviously that initial joy of finding out that you're pregnant, but then that joy for us also came with some anxiety because before that we had struggled with miscarriage. And so we were wondering, hey, are we going to miscarry this baby too? So it was like, we're excited, but we're also anxious. And then, you know, that first trimester hits and typically a lot of women experience sickness and fatigue. And so that was me like sickness and fatigue. And then, you know, you start to show a little bit and you don't look like you ate a Chipotle burrito. And so you're like, oh, like this is so fun. I have a baby bump. Can't wait to style it. And then you get really pregnant. And then you're like, I only have the same four outfits to wear on repeat. Like I hate oh. all my clothes, but then you don't want to buy new clothes because, you know, you're not going to fit in them, you know, fast forward in a month or two. And then not to mention like fears of giving birth, fears of breastfeeding, like, are you going to be a good mom or not? And then now I'm in the stage of just like the indescribable love and affection that you can have for this child that you just didn't know that you had to give. And so that has just been probably like the sweetest emotion that I've gotten to experience in the past couple of weeks. Oh, I feel like you described so many different things, AIDS. And I think I was actually thinking about this recently that you do have, once you are pregnant, you do have nine months, like nine more months before the baby is there. And I think that has been something that's comforted me recently, <laughs> like thinking about like, you know, if, when me and Matthew get married, like, you know, what if we have a honeymoon baby or something like that? I'm like, oh no, what if it happens like before I feel ready? But then someone was like, well, you do have nine months, like before mm -hmm. there's a child. And I'm like, okay, that that's helpful. But I feel like you described so many things that I relate with just different fears, um, even just about being a good mom. So thanks. Oh, for yeah. Just it's a roller coaster of emotions. But I think God, he uses all of those different seasons in your life just to prepare you for motherhood. And, you know, you'll meet some people who are like not sick at all during their pregnancy. And it's such a breeze. Or you meet people who have really like hard birth stories. And, you know, mm. like someone doesn't down the street. And so I just really believe that God, he prepares people for motherhood and each their unique ways. And that's a really, really good thing that each of us have unique stories there and unique experiences. So Adrian, introduce us to baby Calvin. Tell us about okay, him. Okay. Well, I'll try to lift him up right here. He's got his little swaddle on. Hi, buddy. <gasps> Hi. <laughs> He's all cheeks right now. He's gaining all the weight. But um, you know how like every mom says, oh my gosh, my baby's the cutest thing ever. I, I hundred percent believe that my baby is the cutest thing ever. <laughs> on Instagram, we're like, your baby looks like an alien. I love him. He's so great. And if you can That's see actually good to know. I kind of wondered if that was something moms just said, you know, or if they really believed it. So that's good no, to know you, that. You really, you really believe, believe it. Yeah. Head over heels for your own child. The oxytocin, man. It's powerful <laughs> it stuff. In. It's a good hormone. <laughs> and speaking of the hormones, he's living like a hormonal teenager on Accutane right now because things I didn't know because I never spent time around newborns, but newborns are skin peels like in the first couple weeks of life. And then a lot of newborns have baby acne. So, I mean, Aww. he he's, he's the cutest like teenager. teenager I love him. Aww. <laughs> and well, I know it's kind of crazy. It's only been a few weeks, but I mean, he's enriched my life so much, <laughs> which is just wild to say. It's so sweet to hear. Well, I feel like I need to ask you about one of the things that makes me the most nervous about just motherhood is giving birth. <laughs> um, I feel That's like, <laughs> you know, from the health class videos or stories that I've heard, just like the, like giving birth kind of scares me. Um, so tell us a little bit about your birth story, Adrian. What was it like for you? Was it what you expected or different than that? 
Ooh, yeah, I can briefly share on that. So timing wise, it was New Year's Eve. And if you know me and my husband, we just always love a good hangout with people. Like we're just, we're people, people. And so I was having contractions that day and we were planning on hosting a New Year's Eve party. And I was like, well, I mean, worst case, we just have to kick everyone out of our house, right? <laughs> you know, if the contractions get bad enough. And so it was New Year's Eve, was having contractions, people were over. Pro tip, labor with your friends. It makes it way more fun. It makes it go by <laughs> really fast. And, you know, 10 p.m. comes around and I'm like, I think things are like picking up. They're kind of a little intense. And so we kicked everyone out at 10, went to the hospital soon after that. And then a few hours later, he was born, which is wow. so amazing. What a so fun a big story. happy new year to us. And we joke that he came a few hours too late for the tax credit that you get for having a child in the calendar <laughs> oh, year. So dang. we'll get it next year. Wow. Was it as pa painful as you thought it would be AIDS or less painful? Ooh, I feel like both and. And so I read a lot of books yeah. on like pain management techniques and things like that. And uh -huh. so I will say I had an appropriate view of what type of pain it could be, but also okay. knowing that your body's completely designed to do that and it's not painful mm. in a sense of like, oh, I like stub my toe or like I cut my finger or, you know, whatever it is, yeah. but it's a pressure that is supposed to happen so that, mm. you know, birth can happen. And so kind of okay. just a mindset um, shift of, okay, this pain isn't because something's wrong. It's mm. actually a pressure I'm feeling because something really good's happening. Mm. Okay. That's helpful. You know, I was kind of scared of birth myself. And when uh, <laughs> the doctor told me that I would need to have a C-section, I was like, give me the mask. <laughs> so he gave me the mask and I was out and then I woke up and then, the, you know, my firstborn was there. So amazing. Yeah. Lots Gosh, of different I mean, stories. Birth stories are just so crazy in general, like how they all happen and even like different size babies. Like I just wasn't imagining that I would have a big baby. I went into labor before my due date. And then when they announced his weight, he was nine pounds and four ounces. And I was like, oh boy, he was born with, born with the little cute fat rolls. <gasps> yes. Yes. Born. That's most, not normal. Most babies are like shrivelly alien looking. Okay. <laughs> but he came with some cushion. Oh my yeah, gosh. Michelin man. He yes. arrived. And so that was really fun. I was like, oh, I have a chunky baby. And I was always so scared of holding, you know, like newborns because they were like so frail. So I yeah. really think God gave me a chunky baby so that I wouldn't be scared of holding my own <laughs> oh, son. Oh, <laughs> wait, that's really sweet. That that's actually sweet. really sweet. Oh, yeah, sweet. Well, did you have names picked out ahead of time? Because I don't think you shared them with anybody. No. I mean, we shared them with a, a few people, but we tried not to get the word out too much because, you know, we didn't know if we were having a boy or a girl. And then, you know. I was just like, well, what if like someone else I know, like names their kid that like the week before us, you know, I didn't want to tell mm -hmm. too many people. Um, but yeah, we had a few names picked out on each side. And so when we found out it was a boy, then I was like, well, Calvin is at the top of my list. and It was at the top of Dave's list. And so it just kind of fit, you know, right in the moment. And then we're like, I guess we need to decide on a middle name, you know, that works with him. And so we named him My Calvin Michael after Dave's dad, which is really Aww. sweet. Oh, <laughs> so that is sweet. Yeah. Well, AIDS, what has motherhood been like for you so far? I guess how long has it been now? I mean, truly like three weeks. So this is okay. real fresh. This is I don't perfect. think I can give you a whole lot in my three no, weeks. No, this is great because it's like three weeks ago, you were like just anticipating all of this. You know, you like had all these 
fears of, you know, what's it going to be like? Am I going to be a good mom? What is this all, you know, I'm reading about everything, but what is it really going to be like for me? And so I love that we get to like ask you these like three weeks into motherhood. Like that's, um, that's amazing. So well, we'll definitely have to ask Kim because she has a lot more years in motherhood experience. I mean, I am right at the edge of the empty nest. And so it's just, it's interesting that you're right at the beginning and I'm right yeah. at the end. So we're, we got all of it covered. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Well, if I could sum it all up, I feel like there's just this one thing that's been going through my mind is that God will equip you for the work that he's called you to. And so I just remember, like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, I was like, I'm just not the baby kind of girl. I'm not like the ooh, ah, you know, I didn't volunteer to hold babies. Like babies kind of intimidated me. Like I said, they were just like fragile and then they cried a lot and it made me feel insecure that I didn't know how to comfort them. And I always joked with my husband, like, can I just give birth to like a toddler and skip over all the baby (laughs) years, like all the newborn years? Um, But let me just tell you that God, he was so kind in providing all of the maternal instincts for me in the final hour. And he is equipping me each day, each hour just for the work of motherhood. And um, yeah, I just remember even like we were changing his diaper for the first time. And I'm like, I haven't changed a diaper since high school. Like since I was a babysitting, so that was like two decades ago. And I'm like, oh, wow. And then like, even just the thought of like nursing scared me. And I was like, do I even know how to soothe a crying baby? Like, I don't think I do. Like all of those, like things just started to overwhelm me in the hospital, but it's been wild that, you know, as each of those things happen, I feel like God has just equipped me in the moment of these like maternal instincts that have come of like, Hey, I'm going to try this to sue them. And it's like, you know, that might not work. So I, you know, come up with something else, but I really feel like God has provided all of those things in the last hour when I felt so not equipped to be a mom at all. Mm, I'm sure that's very encouraging for a lot of our listeners. It's encouraging to me. Lots of things you just said. Really, And really I'm not going to lie. Like I'm a nine hour kind of sleep gal. Like that's just me. Like I love like sleeping long stretches through the night and you know, the newborn life is not about that at all. You know, you don't (laughs) sleep throughout the night. And so I was really fearing like, am I even going to feel like myself if I'm not sleeping, you know, eight, nine hours a night. And I have been shocked at how, you know, that God has supplied strength and God has supplied energy for only sleeping in, you know, two, three, four hour stretches at a time. And it hasn't been as bad as I thought it would initially in um, that. So it's like, yeah, sleepless nights are hard. No one would maybe have a preference for those, but I'm here to report back. It's totally doable. And I wasn't much of a like laundry girl. Like I don't really like folding laundry. I don't like doing laundry, but when you have a baby, you have a lot of laundry to do because they go through a lot of clothes and they make you go through a lot of clothes as they spit up on you and all the other bodily fluids. But I've actually grown to like doing laundry in the past three weeks. Like it feels like a nice clean reset. And I'm like, oh, this just feels good. Like I may not be clean. (laughs) You know, I may not have showered in a day or two, but when I can do laundry, it feels like it feels very refreshing. And so that was just something I wasn't expecting either. There you have it, the inside tea. <laughs> yeah, I'm still Adrian working on all things motherhood. These were the things I was expecting, and God has completely surprised me. So that's been really wow. sweet. So you touched on it, but has it been what you expected? I mean, could you expand on that a little more? Yeah, I don't know if I had, you know, such low expectations that it was going to be like the worst month of my life, which is probably like what I kind of thought it was. <laughs> I don't know. You hear like, 
people talk about, you know, the first like four weeks and they're like, just wait, like, just wait till that baby comes out of you. It's so hard. And I was like, oh no, like I, I can't wait. You know? uh, I was like, I'm not ready for this. And so I think I had such low and probably terrible expectations that it has been so much sweeter than I even imagined it to be. And so obviously like, yeah, I think I just thought like, I'm going to be in my bed, bloodshot eyes. Like he's going to be crying inconsolable. Like we're, not going to have eaten in days, like not going to have showered for weeks. Like I think I was just imagining like absolute worst case scenario. And in reality that could happen. Right. But that's probably not statistically going to happen to most people. And so the fact that I was able like to get up and, you know, um, be able to like care for him right away and be able to go on walks and feel like pretty good myself. I was just like, Oh, okay. Like this isn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, if that makes sense. So definitely been hard, but it's been so rewarding. And I would say so much better than I expected it to be. What would you say is something that has been surprising or shocking to you in this season of motherhood so far? Ooh, okay. This one's like kind of weird, but I was talking about with Dave earlier and I was just like, I really was dreading the whole like postpartum, you know, like you're kind of like feeling yourself when you're pregnant. You're like, I got this cute bump, like everyone's commenting on it. And then, you know, the baby comes out and you just deflate like a balloon and you still have all the extra balloon there. And so I think I just really feared that side of my body, like not seeing that before and then not wonder and wondering too, like, is it going to go away? Like, you know, how, how long is it going to look like this? Um, Will this be me forever? And I remember like in pregnancy, just really trying to form a really positive view about my body and um, ground that in scripture and not, you know, my circumstances and things like that. So even when people were commenting on how like cute my bump was, it's like, okay, what does God's word say about me? It's not about my bump. Um, And so I think that has really shaped my view postpartum. And I thought I would struggle with body image a lot more. And that's not to say I won't struggle tomorrow or in the future. But I really like when I do look in the mirror and I see my postpartum body, I really am grateful for what it went through. And, you know, I have the excess skin and the excess fluids to show, you know, the past nine months and show the work of, you know, growing a little human. And that's something to praise God for. And the after effects of that are just a reminder of that. So um, that's something that has like shocked me. And then I would say kind of on a practical note there, I just went ahead and I ordered jeans two sizes up so that I just want to even be tempted to compare <laughs> myself to my old body. That's so And smart. I'm wearing those jeans now. They're great. <laughs> Highly recommend. That's awesome. I'm so glad we're talking about motherhood and I could really see our listeners falling into maybe one of two categories. So maybe one category is the girl who really wants to be a mother. Kim, you mentioned you related with this, what you were more like this type of girl that maybe it's like one of the hardest things about being single of being single is like this fear of never becoming a mother. Um, I think the other category of girl is the person who is maybe more like Adrian was before she had her baby, maybe <laughs> a little bit more like me, who's just really not a kid person, honestly, not longing to be a mother. Um, she's kind of content at the thought of just getting married and not having kids traveling the world with her husband her whole life, maybe motherhood kind of seems old fashioned or limiting, maybe even oppressive. Um, So I'm excited for us to get to keep kind of speaking to both of these girls on this episode. Um, 
And as a girl who doesn't have kids yet, I'm so excited. I'm stepping into this new season of engagement and marriage, but I am really curious for you, Adrian, just what kinds of decisions that I can make now that will prepare me for motherhood one day. So what were some decisions for you and your singleness that you feel like prepared you more for motherhood? Oh, that's a good question, Leah. And I don't know, like at first when I hear that, I'm like, I don't know, did I do anything in my single years to prepare for motherhood? <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I would say on like a practical note, you know, fight off laziness, um, be someone who's disciplined and self-control. I feel like that has benefited me a ton. And motherhood is just being able to wake up when I don't want to wake up, being able to do things that aren't necessarily my preference and be able to be someone who is a hard worker because that's what my baby needs right now. He needs me um, so much more than I thought he would. And so, yeah, just being disciplined in your single years will pay off so you can be disciplined in motherhood down the road. Um, But yeah, like I mentioned, it's like I never served in kids ministry, so I didn't have all these like tricks on how to, you know, take care of a baby. And I didn't babysit much. I just wasn't, I didn't have a ton of experience there, but I will say I was mentored by people that did have kids. So I will say they probably unknowingly discipled me a lot more than I realized or gave them credit for. So shout out to all the people that mentored me in my life because I'm a better mom because of you. Uh, Well, I, I would love to speak into this too, Leah, because I can really answer for Adrian. With a viewpoint, because she's, you know, she's been a mom for three weeks. So, you know, I've been a mom for, um, uh, you know, 25 years or so. And you have done a lot of things during your single years that will pay off and help you in motherhood. And so when you started growing in a personal relationship with Christ as a young woman, and that is huge. I mean, that's going to give you access to supernatural help to love and serve your family when you Mm -hmm. don't feel like it. And you're going to be able to draw close to him when you feel like everybody around you is taking away, you know, Mm -hmm. and he's going to give you the inner strength that you need. And because you have spent so much time in God's word as a single woman, that you know, what's really important in life. It's so easy in our culture to get sidetracked by the newest philosophy or the newest thing. And, oh, you got to make sure you do this with your kids and this with your kids. And, but you're going to be able to have priorities in the right place. Um, you've learned how to help other people grow spiritually. And you've spent your time, your single years and your married years helping other women grow. And that's going to come in handy when it's time to help your children grow closer to God. And that's one of your main callings now is to help your children know and love God. So you have some practical steps in doing that. Oh, and I'm not even finished. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, am I going to cry? Like, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. I love this. But not only, not only those things, but you chose to marry a good, godly man who has done those things also. And one of the greatest gifts you can give your future children is a good, godly man to be their father. I mean, I'm telling you, it's huge, huge. And you guys have built a strong marriage. You made decisions when you were single to marry well, and you brought in skills of conflict resolution and money and all those things. And 
you and Dave have built a strong marriage of trust and interdependence and teamwork. And that's going to pay off in parenting because there's, there's a lot, babies require a lot. And so you guys have a strong foundation in your marriage to be able to love and serve your children. And like you mentioned, you're exposed to other moms whom you learn from. And now you have a network of women in your life that you can go, what do I do? And you can turn to them to help. So, and I've done a lot of that. Yeah. (laughs) And I mean, and that's very important as a young mom. So yes, Leah, Adrian made a lot of choices when she was a single woman (laughs) that's going to pay off in motherhood. I'm going to take that sound bite and just, you know, save it to my phone. So when I'm having a bad day, I can just get encouraged by Kim over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> just call so me. Sweet. I'll, I'll yeah, pull it back you. out because yeah, I mean, I'm again, I'm looking at the back end and, uh, you know, there are just a lot of things that I'm glad I did when I was single. Cause it really helped in marriage and motherhood. Well, it's my, another question I have is anyone that knows you knows that you're a girl boss like you are <laughs> career minded, you work hard, you're good at what you do. And so thinking about the girl that whenever she's thinking about motherhood, it feels like it's just going to limit her and her potential and her freedom and her time. Um, do you feel like motherhood has been like a limiting or oppressive thing to you? Like as someone who like is good at what good at their career and has obviously gifted as a leader, um, I guess, how do you feel personally about that? And what would you say to that girl that's maybe wrestling with that? Yeah, I can say I felt a lot of those things before having a kid, for sure. Like, I'm like, yeah, this will like totally change a career. Like, will I even be good at this? Can I be good at it? Do I want to, you know, try to be good at that? And I will say kind of zooming out and thinking about what are some of the things that I really love about, you know, my career? I love being challenged. I love solving problems. I love figuring something out and empowering others to get to be a part of that as well. And I realized in this season right now, I can do all those same things in motherhood. And so I probably researched more on giving birth than my friends did. And I could, you know, that could be a podcast for another day or a topic. Just DM me on Instagram if you want to know my reading list. But I will say that using some of those same skill sets that I use in work about being really thorough and researching a ton and really paid off with my birth experience or same thing in motherhood. I've read a lot of different books on pretty much every subject out there. And it's been fun because I feel like I've gotten to use skill sets and be challenged with my mind, even in something as mundane as this season of motherhood when, you know, our life just looks like we eat, we sleep, we feed. And that's all we do. Well, I guess eating and feeding are the same thing. We sleep and we eat. And those are the two, <laughs> two activities that we do each day. But I feel like there's been so many other things that I can research and learn um, that I can use some of those like skill sets that I do at work in, in this setting. So mm-hmm. most of you guys know I do creative stuff for work. Haven't been able to be too creative yet <laughs> with, um, you know, raising Calvin. But I did start pinning on Instagram some different out- outfit inspo for him. So I'm excited <laughs> there you to, go. to dress him up and, you know, Work on the color palettes with them. Oh, <laughs> That's how get my fun. creative edge out. How fun. Adrian, those are wonderful thoughts and just such great perspectives. So thank you for sharing. What advice would you have for women who want to be a mother someday? 
Ooh. Okay. So I'll try to pull Leah's camps in here. Cause I feel like she talked about, you know, the yes. single girl that she really longs to be a mother, you know, someone that really relates to Kim and then the other girl that's single and just me being a mom is not a desire for right now. So I'll like touch on both of those. So if you're single and long to be a mother, I just really want to echo what Kim said earlier about waiting for the right type of guy. Cause that is huge. That is foundational. That is a game changer. And I can't imagine going through pregnancy or motherhood or the newborn stage without a husband who wasn't anchored to Christ, um, firstly. And, um, and so that has just been huge. Highly recommend that. Um, I could brag on Dave all day long, but if I had to, you know, just sum, sum it up, he just really sacrifices his time to serve me and serve Calvin. And that helps me a ton. And I think, um, yeah, just another thing, he really praises me in my motherhood efforts. I think he knows that it's not something that was always natural for me, but he really just takes the time to praise me for, you know, trying or when you can tell I'm frustrated or on the verge of tears. I've had a really long day. He's just like, hey, thanks for showing up. Like you're being faithful. That's like what God's called you to. I'm like, I need that. <laughs> I need that because I don't feel like I'm doing a great job. And so that's the type of husband that you want as someone that's firmly anchored to Christ because that'll just, yeah, that's the type of father you want raising your kids, like Kim said. Um, and then if you're single and being a mom just isn't a desire for you, then yeah, obviously I felt you in that when I was single, being a mom seemed so far off that I couldn't even see myself as one. And I wondered if I'd even be a good mom because I wasn't a baby person. And so here to report, God, he's changed my heart and his perfect timing. And I am so, so grateful for that. And I'd love to add something in for the single girl, you know, who wants to be a mom and God has said no right now or wait. Mm -hmm. One of the neat things about the podcast is that, you know, I've been able to invite on young women that I've known, you know, for decades. And a lot of these women are women that I had an opportunity to invest in spiritually when I was a single woman. And I just did an interview recently that's going to come out in a few weeks. And the husband was thanking me for investing in his wife. Wow. And, you know, I, yeah, I wasn't a mom during those years, but I was a spiritual mom. Mm -hmm. And it just almost, I mean, I'm just, kind of overcome a little bit with emotion, but that is a very significant investment. And I'm so glad I made it. And I'm so glad I had those single years to invest in young women. And I continue to do that when I was married too. And as a mom, you know, it looks a little different each season, but, mm. but just because you have those motherly instincts and you don't feel like you can express them. You can become a spiritual mother. Amy Carmichael had this quote. It's, it was something like, and I'm going to butcher it, unfortunately. If my house must remain empty, that your house, O Lord, be filled. What a privilege to be your servant in the center of your will. And that Ooh, just is the sweetest, you know, and that really sustained me. So I just wanted to pass that on to my single ladies out there who really would like to be married. And God has said, know or wait for right now. Yeah. I think that's so good, Kim, because I think a lot of people, you know, maybe are longing to be mothers and they're like, oh, I like can't 
you know, disciple unless I am a mother, but it's like, no, there are so many ways you can have an impact on the next generation that aren't, you know, raising adopted children or biological children. You could be serving in your local church, whether in kids ministry or all the way up to college ministry and pouring Mm -hmm. into the next generation there. You could be discipling someone younger in your faith. Maybe there's a girl in your sorority that's younger that you could be investing in, or, you know, maybe there's a girl in your workplace. If you're older and graduated college that you could be investing in help showing them the ropes on how to grow in their faith. Cause that's essentially what motherhood is. It's literally discipleship. It just, you're also teaching them how to eat and how to do a lot <laughs> yes. of other life skills. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, people that have discipled me taught me a lot of life skills. I think about them teaching me how to, you know, walk with God and honor him with my finances. I think about how they um, taught me how to steward my time. And so there's a lot of different ways that people have discipled me. That's not just, Hey, let me teach you spiritual disciplines, but they also just taught me life skills on how to be a Christian. Yeah. You know, Adrian, I just read this week that only 19% of millennials want to have children. And I don't know about Gen Z or Gen Alpha, you know, but what would you say to the other 80%, 81% that doesn't want to have kids? Yeah, honestly, it's like I hear that stat and it's not surprising because mm-hmm. I think our world really in this culture really just preaches children are a burden. You know, it's a burden of your finances. It's a burden of your time. It's a burden of your other relationships or maybe the lifestyle that you want to live. And yeah, that's just what culture is preaching. And that's the narrative. So I get why a lot of people initially might think that. But I think for the believer, we have to go to scripture to form our thoughts on children and not what culture says. And so from the beginning, that was a part of God's design. Raising children was God's design for Adam and Eve. He told them to be fruitful and to multiply. And I love this verse in Psalm that says children are a blessing and a gift from the Lord and blessed is one whose house is full of them. And so that may seem so far off for you if that's like, you know, not on the radar, but that's what scripture says. And so we have to let scripture form our idea of what children are and not what culture says. And, you know, just from the bird's eye view that I have as on the verge of empty nest, I mean, I just have been so grateful for the opportunity to be a mom. I mean, I just, you know, I mean, I, I mean, this may seem a little bit morbid, but as I think through the, like, how many years do you think I have left? I mean, I just had a dear relative pass away this week and, you know, just thinking, okay, you know, the countdown's on, I'm on the downhill slide. And as I look back over my life, raising my kids and investing in them, has been one of the biggest privileges that I have. I don't know. I just, I hate it when women just kind of see other things as more valuable and more important than really investing in a life of someone. And, uh, you know, I, it's been an awesome experience for me and it's worth preparing for ahead of time. And, you know, of all the things that I've done in life, I feel like being my boy's mom has been one of the hardest but yet most rewarding work that I've ever done. Hmm. Oh, Kim, thanks for sharing that. I think it's really beautiful just to see the, see the bigger picture there. Cause yeah. I think, yeah, I think of my 
former self that's like probably listening if I listen to this podcast if podcasts were a thing back then I'd be like these women are crazy like they are (laughs) brainwashed in what they think about motherhood (laughs) you know like they're living on cloud nine uh but I just think it's really sweet how God has really grown my heart to long to be a mother over time you know it wasn't a flip of a switch um for me until you know having Mm -hmm. him and I was like oh here are the motherly instincts let's go but I'm really grateful for yeah just God continuing to reveal in his word about the blessing that children are because yeah like I totally relate to what Leah said of like wouldn't it just be awesome to get married travel the world Instagram all your pictures and you know never have to deal with lugging a kid around I'm like you're right that does sound very attractive and very fun especially if you're married to an awesome man it's like you know built-in BFF but yeah I think the more that I think about what you know now adding Calvin to that I'm like I can't imagine doing that without him. Like I want him to go travel the world alongside all of us. And I want to spend time, you know, being at home and getting to raise him and invest in his life. And I hope like fast forward in 20 years, you know, we're at Thanksgiving and he's like inviting a girl over and he's like, mom, I want to marry her. You know? And I'm like, Oh, I long for that. I think that would be like so sweet and so cool um, to get to, yeah, just be on the other side of his his life. And so I know that probably sounds crazy for, you know, an 18 to 25 year old to hear right now, but that's my real life thoughts as a 32 year old now mom. Well, thank you guys both for just sharing all of, all of the tea on motherhood. Do you guys have any (laughs) other thoughts before we close? I don't think so. I still got just a sleeping baby right here. I'll try to lift him up. Oh, let me see him. Hey, Betty. Hey, Calvin. He's like a built-in heater for me, which is great in the winter months. And so, you know, if I could ever time a pregnancy again, I would definitely have a winter baby being in Arizona because having Mm. a baby in the summer would be very hot. (laughs) Yeah, that would be hot. Mm -hmm. That would be hot. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, this has been a fun episode. And thank you so much, um, Adrian, again, for taking a break from your maternity leave. We have missed you and we can't wait to have you back on the podcast. And, uh, but it's just fun to do life with you and watch little Calvin grow up and Leah and your new season of life. This is just really fun. So we've just Mm -hmm. taken a few episodes to really focus in and let everybody just kind of join us in this new, these new stages. But Mm -hmm. to our listeners, we're grateful for you. We pray for you. And we're so thankful that you've chosen to join us today. And I hope you'll join us again next week because we still have a lot more to talk about. 